What is going on, Kansas City? This is Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Beautiful day out today here in Kansas City. The, the sun is brightly shining through. And this what this means for today is, I mean, hopefully there's no more rain. So, I mean, there was a big, big storm last night that came rolling through here in Kansas City. But the Royals got to play yesterday. They got to play all of it. I was actually kind of a little bit worried. Maybe they, they couldn't actually play the full game, but they did. It seemed like they didn't play at all, if you know what I mean. They, I mean, they lost, what, 12-2 to 2 yesterday? But no, we're going to get over the all the Royals that's been happening. More baseball, a lot of fair or foul. Jay Binkley will be joining me in studio here in about five minutes or so as we're going to discuss some of the Royal situations that we have currently growing upon. And also some NFL draft stuff because I have been completely away from the NFL talk for a while, especially these last two days. I haven't even been able to follow what is happening in the NFL draft, so at least Jay Binkley will help me get caught up in what's going on in the NFL draft. And last night, last night I had an experience that I'll get to later on in the show, but let's just start off first. The Royals right now are... I mean, it's is it? Are we in a, like a, a skyfall? We're in skyfall mode. I mean, I know last week I said don't push the panic button, but uh, they're seven and eleven right now. And I mean, granted, a lot of teams in this division have double-digit losses, except if you're the Twins right now, who's like clearly the best team in baseball. I mean, well, in the AL Central, I should say. I shouldn't say the best team in baseball. That that's actually goes for a different team that's in LA, like the, the Angels or something like that. But no, the Royals right now, it's it's not a good situation. It's not a good look. It's uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned yet, but we're starting to see a copy, paste, and repeat from how last season was for the five months of the regular season where the Royals were just completely dreadful. The bats weren't alive. Granted, when we are talking about those bats, I think Bobby Witt Jr. has the fourth best batting average on the team, and he's batting a 211. I mean, he's... The best batting average is Andrew Batini. He's batting a 391. There, there's something with the bats is going wrong. The pitching, the starting pitching, I should say, is going wrong. But at least there was a bright spot with yesterday's game with how you know, Chris Bubich came in, got lit up real quick with three runs in the first inning. But then he settled down. He threw five innings. So that's good. That's a step. He brought his ERA down to a 10.50. Like that's, that's good. Even though he's 0-2 in the season, there's still some room for improvement for him. And he doesn't want to get what has happened earlier this week where his teammate, Brady Singer, I mean, Brady got called up before Chris Bubich. Brady Singer's going to get sent down, and possibly we might possibly see Chris Bubich at some point get sent back down to Omaha if he doesn't figure it out. Granted, I think he figured it out after that first inning yesterday against the Yankees because, remember, the Yankees are one of the most powerful hitting teams in Major League Baseball. And if you can only give up three, great. That's awesome. But the thing is, the Royals gave up nine runs in the seventh and eighth combined, four in the seventh, five in the eighth. And that's that's not good. Because if the Royals only scored two, they scored two, scored two. A couple of RBIs. So I mean, Michael Taylor got one, and then Salvador Perez got one. Like there's the offense right now is non-existent for the Kansas City Royals. Like, granted, they got their first home, the road win against the White Sox. That was awesome. That that, that was impressive. I'm glad I'm glad that actually happened for them at once. But that's the uh, that's that's it. That, that's that's all we can really say about how the Royals are going right now. Alberto Mondesi is done for the season pretty much. I mean, they put him on the 10-day IL. I mean, he has an ACL tear, which, I mean, he's their shortstop. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's a shortstop anymore. Like, he's done. Like, I think 
Because, I mean, you don't really, I mean, you don't come back from a 10-day IL if you tear an ACL, right? No, no, no. no he's probably gonna, He probably will, I'm assuming. I'm not saying because it hasn't even happened yet. He might get moved to the 6-day IL after the 10-day one is up. And I, I, you're, Mondi's done. He's not, I will, I, I bet we will not see Adalberto Mondesi in a Kansas City Royals uniform anymore. Because I mean, this is a guy that Dayton Moore last year even said that he can't depend on him because he's always getting hurt. And once again, he got hurt really early in the season, and we probably will not see him for the rest of this one. And, I mean, I, I know I said this three years ago, maybe two years ago. I think the New York Yankees should have probably have traded for Adalberto Montesi. The Royals probably should have traded him to New York because I'm not saying there was any interest or anything like that from there, but it just seems like it was a perfect fit from the time when they're trying to replace their shortstop. And maybe Monday they could have got a good hole off of a shortstop like Adalberto Montesi, but that didn't happen. And the Royals right now are dwindling down, and the sky is falling. The sky is falling in Kansas City. That lets us put it over. It is falling in Kansas City because our Kansas City Royals have not done much to think that, all right, there we, we can put some faith in this team. We, let's let's go buy a ticket. Let's go to that drone show tomorrow. Let's uh, the fireworks last night. Let's let's just, let's keep on going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There's not a good product on the field right now for the Kansas City Royals in order for me to want to go out of my way to watch a Kansas City Royals baseball game. Like, granted, I love watching baseball. Like, that's, that's my number one thing. Like, I want to sit back, relax, enjoy it, and just dissect into current game. Because there's not many people that like to sit through a full nine-inning game, whether if it's at the stadium or sitting at home. Because I can do both. I, I absolutely love putting baseball on, on the TV. Maybe if it's me watching it, having it as background noise, or just being able to consume the sport that I love. But if you are a fan of, say, Kansas City Royals, granted, you love this team, you just hate what's been happening because you know that they can do better. I know that they can do better. It's way early in the season. I get it. It's been the third week here. They've played, the Royals have played a total of 18 total games. It's 18 of 162. They've got time. They've got time to improvement. They have more room to for improvement. Heck, they have probably one of the most talented rosters in Major League Baseball. It's just they just haven't came up there. Like you know, when Whit Merrifield's batting at one thirty three right now, it's not good. When you know he can average about what two ninety plus on the batting average, maybe. I'm just happy to see Nicky Lopez. Well, I mean, granted, his batting average has dripped down from last week from being close to a three. It's down to a two thirty six. But that comes with everybody around you. Everybody feeds off each other, especially in baseball. Like, cause you like it's like a hit parade, a hit hit a palooza. If there is a way to get momentum going, they need to get it. And that's better just shaking up the the infield, the outfield, maybe the batting order. I mean, granted, Nicky Lopez, it seemed like his batting average dropped ever since he got moved to the number one spot, because it's true. It, it has dropped. What Merrifield's batting average, I mean, has ticked up maybe a, a half a half, maybe half a decimal point. Like, that, that's, it's it's not moving whatsoever. So why don't you just send those guys back down? Like, it's not back down to like AAA or anything like that, but back down the order. Maybe let's put Bobby Witt Jr. back up in the, the number two spot. Maybe Edward Oliveira's. Maybe let's have him start off. Maybe Michael A. Taylor, put him at the number two spot. Figure something out that you can change around this lineup to maybe jumpstart something. Because, I mean, the definition of insanity is you keep on doing something exact same thing every single time and expecting a different outcome. Granted, the Royals changed the lineup once. They did. I mean, what Merrifield was, he is a true leadoff hitter. He is. He's just not batting like one right now. He's, he's usually torches the fastball this year. He's not. He's not torching the fastball he's been getting sent to. So I, if you want to blame something right now, whether if it is the pitching or whether if it is the hitting, I'm saying both. But I'm leaning, leaning more towards now towards the hitting. The hitting for the Kansas City Royals has yet to 
Show me anything. Haven't proved me anything. Heck, I was hoping to expect to see Bobby Jr. hit a home run because he's has all this power, all this talent from what we've seen him growing up from the minors, going up all through the system. He's hitting bombs. We have yet to see that once. Granted, he almost hit a home run in Chicago. Almost, no, he, I mean, I wouldn't say almost hit a home run. It was probably the best look and swing that he's had. Plus, he's also getting harped on. Like, like he was getting harped on in Chicago. Like, this is, I think, I find this funny because Bobby Wood Jr. just, I mean, he's Mr. Smooth. He's Mr. Cool. He's Mr. Fantastic, if you want to say there on uh, the third base, even when hitting. But Bobby Witt, he can hit. He, he can hit because, I mean, this was uh, a couple days ago. This is, uh, Witt can hit. What can hit? I believe the chant I'm hearing is wit can't hit. Let's hope he's right. Nope. Lead off single for Bobby Witt Jr. That's why I'm saying Witt can hit because he, he the fans in Chicago are saying Witt can't hit, which I mean that's that's one way to trash talk your your opponent to say oh no you can't hit. Man, that's the best thing about a, a baseball player. They get to under their skins and it, and it drives them. It's kind of like a a few days ago when Jock uh, Jocktober Jock Peterson um, uh, gets the Brewers. Uh, there's a fan of Brewer heck a Brewer fan was heckling Jock Peterson. And then Jock Peterson told him off a little bit. And then that at bat, he hits a home run. Players like that. I like that. I like the little edginess right there. By the way, Junior, if he hears that and he takes that that fuel, I think he needs to take all of what people are saying to him wherever he goes. Because we, granted, here in Kansas City, we love him. We, we, we have yet to say a bad thing about him. And we're not, we're, I don't think we will. We, we will never see a reason or have any reason to say something bad about Bobby Wood Jr. But, but if you can... Channel that mentality when you're on the road. Everybody, not even just saying Bobby Witt Jr. I'm just saying like, let's say Witts, Edward Ordoveras, let's go Andrew Benatini still, even though he's the best hitter on the team. Have that mentality of them saying that, okay, we can't hit. Hey, they, they're telling us we can't hit. So let's just prove them wrong. And I think that's, I think that's what it needs to take for the Kansas City Royals. I, I think it does. And it, they can battle through adversity. Like They, they can. They, they're, they're a team that is damn good. It's damn good. I just want to see it. I really, really do. But there's got to be something to deal with this pitching and with this hitting. Now let's just go back to the pitching here real quick. Like I mentioned, Brady Singer got sent back to Omaha. Might have probably been the best thing that has happened into his career so far that he's being sent back to work on stuff. Because he's only going to be coming out of the bullpen here if he's going to stay in the majors. And Brady doesn't want to. Brady doesn't want Brady wants to play baseball clearly, but he wants to start a game. I don't think he wants to be coming out of the bullpen. Heck, if I'm a pitcher, I don't want to be coming out of the bullpen unless I know for a fact that, okay, I can't do the starting gig anymore. Let's just uh, rejuvenate my career into the into the bullpen. The thing with Brady Singer is he is way too young to make that transition or make that switch in his mental state saying, all right, I need to go to the bullpen. I need to. That's that's just me. I need. I, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go straight to it and stick to it. No, I'm happy that the Kansas City Royals sent him down to work on his stuff to bring him back as a starter. I absolutely enjoy that. I love that because they want to work with Brady. It's kind of like they're working with Jackson Coark. Jackson Coark is probably the... He's a 4A type player. And I know there's no 4A's Major League Baseball, but if, um, but there was for like how everything works, that's where he would be. I would say Brady Singer is also a 4A baseball pitcher at this point. And it is a... I guess a spectacle you want to say if he wants to come down there and bring it back up because I would love to see that. I would love to see that from Brady Singer. I would. 
I would enjoy that. But at this point now, him going to Omaha is the best move for the Royals in this. And I hope he makes his way back, kind of like I hope to see Jackson Coar back in a Royals uniform at some point as well. That's enough Royals for right now. I've had, I've had enough talk about it. I've, I've been harping on him. Joining me now, though, is the one and only Jay Binkley over from 610 Sports Radio, our sister station here from 1660. Bink, I know you are a huge Royals fan. You're also a huge Chiefs fan. It, it may not work. This place has been held up by duct tape, glue, elbow grease. This, hey, we've been we've been battling all the way through here on 1660, Bink. But uh, first off, good morning. Good morning, Cream Dog. And what what's your overall like take on the Royals right now? Because at this point, seven eleven, that they don't look good, but they have times that they do look good. Yeah, they are. It's, it's hit or miss. I mean, last night not a good example, but uh, they'll have those games where they flash, especially when Brad Keller or uh, Zach Greinke. Uh, pitches for this team, you have the consistency, but this division, everybody's in the same boat except for the Twins. That's weird. Twins are weird. They're at eleven and nine. We, they've been on a winning streak, seven and three in their last ten. But we know that Minnesota's had trouble hitting. Heck, when they came to Kansas City, they had the lowest offensive output they've ever had in their history. Then you've got the guard. Everybody's got 11, 12, 13 losses in this division. So the Royals right there in the middle of it. <laughs> third place in this division right now. But who wants to run away with this division? I. Look at the Twins, and I, I love their offseason, love their talent. Maybe they're the team to beat. I don't come away looking at the Chicago White Sox as a team to beat. I thought Detroit would be better than they are right now because the young talent that they have, and I still think Detroit is going to be all right. I think it's going to be a team to watch. I mean, last year, you know, three of the top five prospects in baseball, five of the top 25, and, you know, Spencer Torkelson. And they're up here now, it seems like. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah so they're, they're going to be fine, and Riley Green's going to take – a little bit he was injured at the start. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if they can get the starting pitching together, I have no problem. No, no, I have a total faith in the bats coming alive. And they, Yeah, Tigers are, like, I feel like are the same situation as Kansas City Royals right now. And it's, uh, I think that the upside, though, I mean, if the Royals are in third place, I think it's where they're going to finish. I think that what we see right now, except for the Twins, I think the Twins is just an anomaly of how this division is going currently. I Royals at third place right now. I think that's a that, that's a, a positive aspect because I feel like that's where they can finish and possibly make the postseason. Because I mean, it is expanded this year. Yeah, you, you like the uh, you like the lineup. I think this is a much better team than last year. I'm, I'm not much better, but it's better. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, you have Bobby Wood here, and you know, at some point, Prado cut down on the strikeouts. Maybe you'll see him up in Kansas City. But help is along the way. Help is coming. It's one of the best minor league systems in baseball. I think the sky's the limit for this team if they can hang in there and get solid starting pitching. That's the thing. Get solid starting pitching because even Bobby Witt's starting to hit, starting to come around. They got that eight game hitting. Yeah, it's starting to come back. It's starting to come alive. And all those top prospects are really struggling first couple weeks of the season. And when it's thirty degrees or thirty five degrees and windy, you're going to have this. But bats start warming up in May. <laughs> what are you at June first? And then first, that's so Denny Matthews always goes by. It's a great barometer. June first, what do you say? And then I also like we I mean, last week on my show. I said I mean that's the reason why that the the owners really didn't care if April was gone because they 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 know how the bats work and how everything works in Major League Baseball and it's just not showing. I mean Bobby Jr. is the fourth best batting average batting. I think it was a two twenty one. The hey, bats aren't there. I mean, it is. That's true. No, he's gonna be great. But the, the dead and ball. I mean, he's got those warning track outs. I mean, the baseball. There's something with the baseball. The pitchers are unhappy with it. And they're no. talking about it. It reminds me of a couple years ago when the ball was juiced. Mm-hmm. And the pitchers had a problem with it. Even one of the Royals pitchers showed me a letter from baseball saying there's nothing wrong with our baseball. Of course, he and I didn't believe the situation. Guys are getting blisters all over their hand. But baseball needs to go back to that same baseball. I think that uh, people want to see it. They like the oh, runs. Yeah. They like the home runs. 
despite what they want to say about, you know, equity in the game of baseball, that's what people tune in for. Yeah, they want the runs. Baseball is the oldest age group to watch it. They're 57. NBA, NHL, NFL hovering around 49. Like, eventually, that group in their 30s is going to be the group in the 50s. So what are you going to do if you're baseball when that group suddenly becomes older? That's, that's the problem they face. And there's a lot of problems, including, uh, I think, I'm glad there's something that they've actually helped and involved with all Major League Baseball that's helping out the MLB draft. I think the NFL draft's going on right now. And I've literally, the past two day, nights, haven't really paid attention to it because the Raiders only had one pick, and yesterday they got a, a guard, apparently, from Memphis. So, Big, what has been the most shocking moment so far in the draft, and are you happy with what the Chiefs are doing? The Chiefs, they're like the toast of the NFL. I mean, the Chiefs draft is the toast. I mean, you know, I'm not just sitting here in Kansas City saying it. I went out with Carrington earlier on his CBS show, and I was like, all right, I feel bad because I'm calling from Kansas City and I'm raving about the Chiefs. But it's it's great. I mean, you look at the value of pro football focus that grades all these players, and they've been doing college football since 2014. Carl Loftus, number 10 out of 250 on their board. Trent McDuffie, number 11 on their board. Sky Moore, number 22. Uh, Leo Chanel, the linebacker, number 36. And Brian Cook, the safety, 71. So they have four guys right now in the top 71 picks of the draft, including 10, 11, and 22 as far as the big board uh, from Pro Football Focus. And they're getting them you know, under uh, over undervalued. Trey McDuffie's over under Vegas was 16.5. He goes 21st. Um, George Karloftis. You know, a lot of people are looking at him as 23rd. Is over under Vegas 23. Third, the Chiefs get him at 30. That is tremendous value. And Sky Moore, a lot of people had him in the first round. So they got him in the second round. So tremendous value for the Chiefs. The Jets, I love the Jets draft and, and what they're doing. And the Bengals, too. I'll give them credit because Jesse Bates is already back there at safety. And they're adding Dax Hill, one of the best safeties in the draft. Plus Cam Taylor Britt, the cornerback out of Nebraska, joining in that team as well. Now with Sky Moore, is this the replacement to Tyree Kill, or is this pretty much the guy that's like the stopgap almost, or is he the McCall Hardman? Like, what What do you peace. think we're going to bring? Okay, peace. peace. You know, he's, he's 4-4-1 speed. He's not going to have the same speed as Tyreek Hill, but you're having a tremendous route runner. Might be the best route runner in this year's draft. Somebody consistent, largest hands at the combine. You know, big hands, you know, and sure his dad was a coach. No, I don't know about that, but he's <laughs> the hand size. But he's just dependable, and he's Probably a shade under 5'10", but he's still around 5'10", but catches everything thrown in his direction. And he gives you another piece. Like, they didn't have to go big 6'3", 6'4", wide receiver in the draft because they brought it in in free agency. So, he's just a he's. – I'm so excited. I have his head coach coming up later today when awesome. we're talking draft, so I can't wait to talk to him about Sky Moore. Yeah, you're on a 6'10", sports radio today from 10 to – 430. 4'30". My goodness, Bink. You've got a lot of – you're, you're doing you're doing the entire draft that way. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, uh, But, no, one more thing about uh, Sky, uh, Sky Moore. With his route running ability, it, are we going to, like, see him – like, you know, I mean, route running, I'm a Raiders fan. Hunter Renfro. Could you possibly compare him to a guy yeah, like I him? Mean, if he could be Hunter Renfro, maybe a little bit better. You know, I, I look at the Raiders and some of these picks like Karloftis. She's got look Max Crosby. Yeah, no, that's would be, true. Would be his because his motor and temperament as far as getting knocked down and always get back up. If they drafted Max Crosby, that's great. But Hunter Renfro is becoming a fantastic wide receiver in the NFL. And I think Sky Moore could be that because Hunter Renfro catches everything. 
And I think that's going to be Sky Moore's role. So what type of, do you think we're going to see more trades happen today? Since, I mean, typically the, the third day of the draft is the time that we see those weird oddball things. Is Debo going to get moved? Are we going to see, I mean, hey. We'll see. I'm a little bit surprised. Would, if he was going to be moved, I would expect it the first round. That's what A.T. Brown. True. And uh, Hollywood got traded in that round. It was it was nine trades, most they've had since 2010 in round one. So it'll be interesting. I, I could see it spiking up right after the draft if teams did not get the wide receiver they wanted. And I still don't think Green Bay is satisfied. They go with Quay Walker and Devontae White in the first round, defensive guys. And I'm still waiting. Devontae Adams with the Raiders now. MVS is with the Chiefs now. They have Randall Cobb and Sammy Walker. And they drafted Christian Watson, which I really like Christian Watson, but he's six foot four, ran a four or a four three six. MVS is with the Chiefs, six foot four, ran a four three seven. They might be the same guy. And if he can be MVS, that's great. That's a, that's a good pick. But they still need that number one receiver. So that's a team that may take a look at the mirror and say, All right, what are we doing for Aaron Rodgers? And even you also think it'd be odd because I mean Two years ago, they drafted Jordan Love. I mean, granted, I, I've, I'm telling you this right now, Bink, I have missed not doing uh, the draft show with you right now. I, I'm, I'm being sure. dead serious. Miss you too, Binkley. Uh, but they did that Jordan Love two years ago, and then they just don't assess the defense then when they should have. I, I think the Packers shot themselves in the foot at this point. Yeah, they did, and I'm a little bit surprised that Aaron Rodgers didn't say anything like he has in the past. He's getting paid too much. Like He's getting paid yeah. too much right now. But I think one of the big concerns for the league, too, is quarterbacks. He had one in the first round of Kenny Pickett, and I wonder if he's a first-round guy at Pittsburgh's not there because he played at Pitt. This wasn't really a big, so, deep quarterback draft three, class, though. In the third round, I mean, usually the last six years you've had three quarterbacks go in the first round. So it's it's kind of like that. But it's a good thing that there's a lot of young stars at quarterback, you know, like Mahomes and Herbert and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. The AFC has them. The NFC is going to be looking for him. I mean, Kyler Murray's there. Tom Brady probably for one more year in the NFC, and they either either retire or do somewhere else. Retires. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. You never know, you know how many years he's got left. But the NFC starts to need quarterback. But right now, it's okay. It's not like they needed to replace them all now because the NFL is not looking for stars at quarterback right now. They will be in the future. But it's why the Raiders have loved Derek Carr. When you have a quarterback like that, you just got to hold on to him. That's true. And, I mean, granted, he's like 31 years old, I believe. He's like getting his best friend, Devonta Adams, there. So that's at least a good thing for the Raiders. He was like with Manziel and Blake Bortles. And, yeah. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And he was a second-round pick and ended up being the best of the bunch. But that's why he has a job in the National Football. He's keeping that job well, which is, I mean, everybody wants to keep their job, especially in the not-for-long league. Um, uh, minus the Chiefs, we already know what they've already drafted. They've had so many picks. They have a plethora of picks later on as well. But it's... Go from the, the three AFC West teams, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. Granted, small sample size, the Raiders only have one pick so far. Do you like what the Chargers are doing to hopefully bolster their team against the – granted, they have to go against the Chiefs no matter what, twice. I like what they did, I like what they did in the offseason. I like what they did through free agency. And I like the fact that they're building up their offensive line. Um, let's go Sean Slater. They already have there. They drafted offensive line this year. Corey Lindsey came over as the uh, center for – Aaron Rodgers, but they're bulking their offensive line, and I really like that. And I love Denver's roster. I mean, I like what they, I like the roster before mm-hmm. the NFL draft. But uh, the only first-round pick was uh, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They had pick number 17, and that's it in the Chiefs. 
the only two teams in the AFC West to pick. I know they have, uh, I believe, a total of like six or seven picks uh, today for the Broncos. I think it's like eight for the Chargers, something yeah, the like that. Ravens have six picks in the fourth round. Yeah, that is wild. Like, how? how I, I don't see. It. I, I don't understand how the draft capital works. I don't even know how the freaking what the uh, what's the the all capital itself works uh, in the end of the salary cap. There we go. Yeah. But Bank, uh, what do you expect today for the Chiefs? What are they? What are they? What are they drafting? Yeah, I think they're playing on house money now. I think they're drafting on house money now as we speak because they got the positions they need. They address that corner. They address the edge. They address the wide receiver. Now it could be a free-for-all. Do I think that they'll eventually get a uh, running back in this draft still? Yeah, because we're towards later rounds, maybe in the fifth. Uh, they have four picks in the seventh, but I think they'll get the running back in that situation. Offensive line, I still think they need depth at the offensive line. That's the direction I would look for on the Chiefs. And then it's just stockpiling talent. Maybe a tight end. Maybe anybody else for your practice squad start to build that up. But uh, they're on house money now because they addressed corner safety edge and wide receiver that they really need to address. That is my guy, Jay Binkley. You can hear him on 610 Sports Radio from 10 to 4.30 or from whenever the – well, honestly, whenever Bink feels like – and whenever he right feels like stopping. Right to Vern. Yeah, that's right. Right to Vern. Bink to Vern on 610 Sports Radio. Bink, thank you for joining me, man. Thank you. I had Frank Vern last night and started talking about football on his baseball show. That's awesome. That, that, I mean, that's, that's just that's that's beautiful. That's that's what we Bink does. That's what Bink does. That's what Bink does. Um, uh, we'll uh, it's, this is Saturdays Kramer here on the Bet sixteen sixty. Uh, fair or foul? We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet sixteen sixty. We're back live and local right here on a Saturday. Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet sixteen sixty right here in the beautiful beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. The clouds are uh, starting to. Pull her over the sun. I just wanted to be nice and sunny today. Too much rain last night, and honestly, I, I'll just get to it now. I know I said I want to preview fair or foul, but we we can get to that. We we got time, but I want to talk about what happened last night. So if you all don't know this, I am a broadcaster for Journey Pro Wrestling. I'm uh, here in Kansas City. All good things flow into this city is what we just had our two-night show. And last night we had that storm. You know, we had that big bright storm that happened last night. It was Actually, probably the, the first like big, heavy storm that we've had through here, through Kansas City. But at Agnes is what we like to call our uh, our family room. Or, I mean, it's not Agnes is where we're at. The uh, We've gone through the main event, and music's playing. We're pumped. So this main event last night was for the Journey Pro Championship. Like, it was the, the we, we finally have a championship, and we're going to crown the very first ever Journey Pro Champion for the starting here in 2022. And right when Christian Rose's music was hitting, the power shuts off in the building because of said storm outside. So we do what everybody else does. The show must go on. Everybody in Agnes got their cell phones out, lit up the entirety of the arena to where the wrestlers, Jeremy Wyatt, and also Christian Rose can go in and just fight, pretty much try to kill each other the entire time during that match. And it was electric. It was pretty much a, a practically a lights-out match, but clearly the lights were clearly out because the power was off. Like No one was expecting this. Clearly, we were trying to get it done before the storm started, and the power goes off. We crown a champion. I'm not going to spoil who won the championship. If you don't know already, just go to Twitter, go to social medias, do anything you can because they crowned it. You know, I'm almost going to say it right now. Christian Rose is our Journey Pro champion, and how it happened, how the last two nights came across with all Journey Pro 
fantastic show. If you're trying to watch wrestling, you're a wrestling fan here in Kansas City, Journey Pro Wrestling is probably the best way to go get your form of wrestling. If you can't, you know, not go to AEW, not go to WWE, or just watch it on TV. You know, let's watch it in person. All good things flow to Kansas City last night and Thursday. Fantastic. Both nights. I Premier stinks, but I... I was speechless. I didn't get home last night till about maybe it was like closer to midnight. I want to say like so it was still raining, taking my time to get out of there. And the show ended practically like right at eleven o'clock, so it was right through the storm. I honestly, my ears are still ringing from everything. I've yet to come down from my adrenaline rush. I took me forever to go to sleep. Probably got maybe like two or three hours of sleep last night. But you know what? The show must go on from there, and the show must go on from here for Saturdays with Cray right here on the Bet sixteen sixty. That was my journey pro, man. You out. Journey pro wrestling outdid themselves this past two days. And I mean, it was, it was impressive. But through this past week, we need to go fair or foul around Major League Baseball. Let's go with the very first fair or foul here. Thursday night during the Rays and Mariners game, player Julio Rodriguez checked his swing on a pitch. Okay, he checked his swing. Up behind the plate, called it a strike. You know what? That pitch was not in the strike zone whatsoever. The catcher and pitcher, you know, wanted to check down at first base because Julio Rodriguez checked his swing. The first base umpire said no swing, but on replay, it showed that he swung. So both the first base umpire and the behind the plate umpire both screwed up on their calls. Like, I've never seen that happen before in my life. This is clearly foul. Foul whatsoever. And it's it's wild because if you watch the replay, Julio Rodriguez clearly swings. He crosses the plane. I don't understand how that first base umpire didn't see that. Also, I don't understand how the behind the plate umpire didn't realize the pitch was up. Like, it was up. It was above the strike zone, maybe about, I know it's, I mean, I'm being tic tacky with it. But it was probably about, about six, seven inches above the strike zone. He still called that a strike on a check swing. Come on. I, I, clearly, I think the umpire behind the plate wanted to say, no, he swung, but yet still checking it down. I mean, it's weird. It, clearly, it was still called a strike no matter what. The, the uh, the Mariners uh, manager came out there to be like, yo 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 yo, what's uh, what's going on here? He said he didn't ch- um, uh, he didn't didn't swing down at first base. Yeah, but the umpire umpire the behind the plate has the overall rule, and if he says what it is, he can't really tell what the other guy is going to say. No, it's a ball. No, whatever the umpire umpire says first, that's how it's going to go with. That's how it went. I mean, clearly people mad, but eh, it is what it is. Another fair foul. Angels moved move on from. Veteran Justin Upton as they DFA'd him prior to the season starting because they wanted to make Taylor Ward play. He's an outfielder. He's quick. He's speedy. He has pop, and he's done amazing things so far for the for the Angels. And this is probably one of the bright spots for this team to make sure that why they're in first place over in the American League East. And uh, excuse me, not American League, American League West, because Taylor Ward has been a guy that, granted, his, his WAR right now is a 1.1, but he's driven in. 13 runs, hitting five home runs, and batting a 404. There's a reason why they wanted to get his bat in the lineup because they see the potential on him. And granted, last year he had a small sample size of 65 games, only batting 250, but they have faith in him. If you have to DFA one of a guy, a former like multi-time All-Star player in Justin Upton, so you can try to get see what we can see with Taylor Ward, it worked out. This is a fair move by the Angels, and it's working out tenfold. This might have been the piece that they've been missing. Rather, if it was been Mike Trout being hurt, maybe Shohei Tani needs to stay healthy. 
no, they, they're doing that. Maybe this everything is all coming together. The pitching a little bit's coming together as well. I think it was a great in, upgrade when they got they signed Noah Syndergaard. So they are working their proper ways there. And I think the Angels are the scariest team right now in Major League Baseball from all that talent. Because, I mean, granted, the number one and number two player in Major League Baseball plays for the Angels. You would expect them to you know, be the best team there, and they're showing it for once. They are. They, they, they were trying to show it back when they signed Albert Pujols, when they signed Josh Hamilton, but it didn't work out that way. They had to realize that, okay, pitching actually means a lot more right now than batting because, granted, if you want to go like as a, a grading standpoint, an average for Major League Baseball, for like, say if you want the, the best average you can try to get as a, as a player, it's a 30%. It's a 30%. Take, take that in for real quick. 30%? Is not good. Like I mean, that's an F. That's 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 clearly an F. If I'm if I'm trying to hit, I'm trying to hit like a seven fifty and above. That's a C plus, C C minus. It's a C in general. No, I, Angels. Taylor Ward, fair play, fair play. All right, next one, fair or foul. Trevor Story changes agents after signing a one hundred and forty million dollar deal with the Red Sox. That is foul, but I could see where he might have thought he should have been paid a little bit more. I I, I could see that because I mean Trevor Story. Dude is a stud. Like he's there. I mean, he's a second baseman for the uh, for the Red Sox now. True, genuine shortstop. But he's batting two ten right now. No home run. Hasn't even hit his first home run yet. Five RBIs yet. You want to fire your agent? He signs you a one hundred and forty million dollar deal with the Red Sox. I I don't know about all that. Now that's that's the that's why I'm saying it is foul. Because he got you the deal. You're not performing to your contract currently so far. What are you going to do about it? Well, let me just fire my agent. Let me just do that. No, Trevor Story. That was foul. Fair foul. Yadier Molina stole second base and received a standing ovation from the crowd. This is absolutely fair. We all know how slow Yadier Molina is. Like, we, he's a catcher. Most catchers are slow unless you're JT Real Muto and you're just a unicorn at the catcher spot. That is actually clearly fast. I don't, I don't understand it. You're squatting down. You're on your knees. My knees hurt watching catchers catch. And clearly, my knees hurt every single time I watch Yadier Molina catch. So, every, any Cardinals game I watch that Yadier's playing, my knees are hurting for him. Yet, he steals second base. And I, this is the same with the St. Louis Cardinals fan base. They are the best fan base in Major League Baseball. I'm going to say that right now. They will do a standing ovation for anything. Whether if it's a former player that maybe played had three at-bats. Like, honestly, think about this. If Jeremy Hazelbaker would have came and played... For, I mean, he played for the um, Diamondbacks. If it would have been a few years after that, um, he played for, like, so let's say, the, the Reds. I think he would still receive a standing ovation because, I mean, he hit, led the Cardinals in, what, pinch hit home runs. He still, I think, leads the Cardinals in pinch hit home runs. I think that was back in, like, 2014, 2015. No, I think people would people would do that. They're going to do this for Yadier Molina no matter what. And I think any time Yadier Molina steals the base, you should probably do a standing ovation because it is impressive. He knows the one to pick and choose when he wants to, you know, steal a, ba- a base. He did it. He did it. He, it was it was very slow. It looks like me running the base pass because I'm a slow person too. But man, that, that's it's awesome. I love the crowd in St. Louis. So this is clearly fair. This is why you should do that. Fair or foul? Crying in baseball? Eh, Wilson Contreras and Wilmer Contreras played. William, excuse me, William Contreras played each other for the first time at the big league level. They both exchanged lineup cards. They both hugged it out and they both took pictures, which was awesome. Yes, you can cry in baseball. It is completely fair. 
This is awesome. I think I think if I would have saved my brother and I run Major League Baseball, I would love to have played him. I, I would. I like we playing against each other, playing with each other. I think it'd be the best thing possible. William Contreras plays for the Braves. Wilson plays for the Cubs. It was I mean, it was awesome that they could actually do this. And then I mean, it's a, it's a great show of respect that from the managers to I mean, usually managers go out there and say yeah, I'm the third base uh, coach or the first base coach or the bench coach or someone go out there just exchange lineup cards. No, they sent brothers out there. And it was a heartfelt moment that they shared, and they're gonna remember that forever. It's it, it's it's so cool. I'm actually like I'm grinning from ear to ear right now. Like my cheeks feel freaking tight from just how smiling I am from this. I'm not even a, I'm not even a Cubs fan. Can't stand the Cubs, but when something like this happens, baseball can be romantic, and I can at least understand it properly and not just be a complete arrogant cocky. You know what about the Cubs? But I love this. This is great. Great show of respect for both sides from the Braves and the Cubs organization to do this for their brothers. Last Sunday, Farrah by the way, Farrah last Sunday, Angel Hernandez was just completely terrible behind the plate. I'm going straight to saying it, foul. Kyle Schwarber, voice reason for everybody in Major League Baseball. Voice reason. Everybody cannot stand Angel Hernandez. I can't stand Angel Hernandez. I don't think my cat can stand Angel Hernandez. I, my mom doesn't even know who Angel Hernandez is, and she probably can't stand him either behind the plate when he's calling balls or strikes. It is what it is. He had an 86% success rate on picking out the pitches. 86% is not good by a large margin if you're being overall evaluated from this strike zone. And when Angel Hernandez is behind the plate, you might as well put the the automated strike zone, the robo-umps back there because this guy can't see anything. He's like, he could be the fourth member of the three blind mice. That Literally, like, the, the Angel Hernandez is that type of umpire. It wasn't good. I mean, great. It was funny too when the Phillies fans were were yelling, not shouting at him, saying like, "Oh no, you suck, Angel," or something like that. When he was uh, driving away from it, he's just laughing at him. He's just he's laughing. I think Angel feeds off this. It's 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 weird, and I I'm not a big not a big fan of it. And I think the automated strike zone, like oh, bring up the Robo ups, call them up, bring up the androids. I am I, I'm all for it right now because I'm getting tired of this. If you could have a couple umpires two nights ago have a 99 percent success rate on calling balls and strikes. I think Angel Hernandez can do a little bit better. Not just a little bit, a lot of bit better. Like, it's it's ridiculous. All right, the last fair or foul one I have is a Mets last yesterday had a key bind, no hitter. Fair or foul? I'm going to say fair and foul. Granted, I love watching no hitters. It's a great thing to see players uh, get behind each other. Say if it's pitchers, say it's one pitcher, say if it's two or three or four. Eh, we're getting there up in the pitcher numbers. Three, four, five? Granted, it's a no-hitter, but five? You want five pitchers to combine? Do you do you want to put an asterisk by that no-hitter? Do you want to add something to it? Because I can see both sides of this. I think it's fair because it's awesome seeing it like a no-hitter. Completely awesome. But it took you five different pitchers in order to secure that team no-hitter. I'm not big on the team no-hitter. I think it should be that starting pitcher. If you can go out there and get all 27 outs, boom, there you go. Here's your no-hitter. It didn't happen like that. Like the Mets, don't get me wrong, great baseball team right now. They've been dealing with so much stuff, whether if it was being hit in the head by the Nationals, hit in the head by the St. Louis Cardinals if you're a player for them, or just them just being irate and irritated because they think that they should be doing a lot better than what they are. Because they, they played the, 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 the Phillies, and they're doing amazing right now, and they want to do better. I mean, they actually started off really good from me thinking that they weren't going to do really good at all from 
Jacob deGrom not starting the season on the team because he's hurt. He's hurt. They, they went through a total of five pitchers and some pitched a two-thirds of an inning, one pitched one and a third, one pitched one and one pitched one. McGill is really good. Like, he is really, really good. Taylor McGill, he's 4-0 right now with a 1.93 ERA. And I'm pretty sure this is his, this is his rookie year. I got, there's no reason for him not to try to win the rookie of the year as a pitcher. I mean, let's, let's, let's see if it happens. Let's see. But he started off the no-hitter. The Mets got the no-hitter. I'm not a big fan of the team hitter, but other people are. I that's that's not me. It could be you. Awesome. Good for you. That big boom. Let me just pop that champagne. Go shh, I'm gonna shove it all over you. This is a fair and a foul assessment when playing fair or foul. This is Sarah with the Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I'm a gambling degenerate. We all know this. I mean, every, when uh, when the time is right, which is should be uh, hopefully in September, we'll do a lot more. When I say a lot more, we're going to do an extensive amount of draft, not even draft talk, of gambling talk when it comes to that time. But sports wagering bill could possibly be passed in Kansas. Could possibly actually that's that's leaning towards the ninety percent that it will. We'll talk we'll talk more about that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I am Kramer. I should have said it's always. I didn't even. I, I forgot to say this. You can always chime in on the show at Kramer Talks per usual every single show. Tweet at me, text me, do all what you need to do. Ask me questions. If I don't answer them today on this show, I will answer them on either, say, A, Twitter, or B, next show next week, which I'll probably just do it. I'll just wait next week to do it. Did everybody watch the Royals game last night? Probably. I didn't. I had to rewatch highlights uh, of it when I got home last night around uh, midnight. But did you guys see what happened to Bobby Witt Jr.? Like, did, did, did you see what happened? Did you hear what happened? Do you even know what happened? I mean, Bobby Witt Jr. heading to third base and Glaber Torres, you know, Yankee, you know, he's, he's following him around. He's trying to get there. Bobby gets to third base. Bobby gets there. He slides. Hand on the bag. Perfect. Awesome. He, he gets the bag. Glaber Torres... Chasing him, of course. He slides as well right behind him. He, he wants to tag him. He wants to tag him before he gets to the bag. Bobby on the bag. Glaber gets to him, tags him while Bobby's on the bag. Glaber is momentum and Bobby's momentum. Both take them both off of said bag, and the tag is still being applied to Glaber Torres onto Bobby Witt Jr. This is almost like highway robbery if you are the New York Yankees. Bobby Witt Jr. got called out. If you look at the you look at the replay to it, Glaber Torres momentum was kept on going and Bobby slowed down a lot and Glaber pushed him off that bag. We literally saw a player push another player off the bag and was still called out. Mike Matheny was pissed. I said I would too. I would be. So then Matheny fired up. Matheny gone. Matheny is gone. Let, listen, listen, this was uh, the Royals uh, broadcast uh um, on the, their flagship station, uh, 610 uh, Sports Radio. Let's, let's listen, listen. Um, 
that's exactly why I got thrown out for yelling. I don't know how else you handle that situation, right? And uh, you know you've been wronged, and there's nothing you can be done about it. At least you're going to hear it. And so I'm sure we'll get some long, lots of everybody's opinions on exactly how that works. But I watched it again and again. He's on the base and has control of it. He just outran a guy, and that guy had nowhere to go. I get that too. That's not our fault. Bobby did exactly what he needed to do, and, uh, and unfortunately, they didn't get, in my opinion, didn't get the call right. No, they they did not get the call right whatsoever. That was Matheny on the post game show, and <laughs> the umpires are. <laughs> it, I think replay has killed sports. I think it has. It's it's killed parts of sports. I wouldn't say it's killed a sport indefinitely, but it's killed parts of sports. The thing that's killing baseball could be replay. It could be the automated strike zone that would people want to be all proceeding correct and right and accurate 100%. I like that. I like the I like the idea of being 100% effective all the time, but I also like the human error aspect of things. This is a completely human error aspect that needs to be fixed ASAP. But you also have to look at the fact of how is Glaber Torres moving? How is Bobby Witt Jr. moving? Is Bobby Wood Jr. actually almost all the way to a complete stop? Is he still moving? Is Weber Torres still running, or is he actually trying to brace himself to not either hurt himself or the player he's going up against? Or is he just trying to be a little bit vicious and you know push him off the bag and hopefully getting out that way? It could go either way on this. And, I mean, this should be a reviewable play. I think if now, if one thing's being able to be reviewed, I think everything should be able to be reviewed. It might take forever for it, but then again, you can also have people like chime in, have a person set dedicated onto one replay system for every single game that's happening in Major League Baseball. What, there's like 30 teams in Major League Baseball? You can literally put higher, what, 15 people to watch one game so they can get that right. Maybe it's another official that's the back and like, say, a Skyview type thing. Maybe it's like how the AAF had a dude up with a controller. No, that was the XFL. One of the women had a controller and they were reviewing stuff. They had it, They did it really good and really quick. That's what they need to do in Major League Baseball. You have a guy there watching the game uh, from above to see what's happening, get that judgment, that assessment, and he's the final call and final say of it. That's pretty much what's going to be happening when the robo umpires come through. That, that's exactly what's going to happen. If the ball, if they, that umpire thinks it's a ball, but it's actually a strike, he's going to say it's a strike. It's, it's probably going to have a little thing in his ear, say it's strike or ball, he's going to be standing back there. He's going to be standing back there waiting for that thing to hear, say, strike or ball. He's going to say, whether it's a strike or a ball. So he can might as well just hang on the back fence like a softball, slow-pitch softball um, uh, umpire and just hang back there, just click the button, uh, whether it's a strike or not, and just, you know, click it, click it, call it, strike, ball, whatever. Yeah, no, if you're either going to do replay one thing, replay everything in Major League Baseball. That's just me, even in every sport. Replay one thing in basketball, do it everything in basketball. Football, everything in football. Just do it that way. it's, It's the proper thing to do, I think, at this point. My gambling degenerate self is so amped up and excited because two nights ago, the sports wagering bill is ready to be signed and approved right on the governor's desk of Kansas. Of Kansas. Granted, Missouri's lagging behind. I don't think Missouri's going to get this thing passed. What I, what I do believe is, you know, Arrowhead, that the Chiefs want to, uh, you know, they, want, they kind of want a new they, they want a new stadium. I, I, I get it. I get it. But where's it going to be built at? I, get, I mean, when the Royals move downtown, I think it's going to build it where Coffin's at now. You got you got a little bit of a long time for that, or you're just gonna you know build ground over in Kansas. I mean, granted, Kansas is going to be a sports hub for sports gambling. That's why I'm happy how our studios here at 610, uh, excuse me, at 1660 the bet 
We're, we're on the Kansas side, so I can physically do my sports gambling. And then once I cross over to the Missouri side, I can't do sports gambling no more because of how everything is geofenced around. All I know is once comes September, that's when everything should be all set up and running. I hopefully FanDuel Sportsbook has made its way into Kansas by then, and that is going to be the best way possible to bet. And you could bet with me, of course. I, I love my bets, I, especially if it's going to be in September. I mean, football season is going to be coming around the corner. That also means that baseball is in crunch time. It's going to be electric time in Major League Baseball, especially with September. I mean, October is one more month away, and you know how things get when it gets to October in baseball. Things... Uh, Things tighten up, things shore up, and people are on one when it comes to it. I, I'm so excited. Like I, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I'm ready for this, and it's, it's, it's. I, it, I, I'm giddy. I just don't understand why it's taking them this long. Like, why is it legal? Why is it legal that you can purchase things that physically harm yourself, like major harm yourself, like say? Smoking, uh, smoking tobacco, cigarettes. We'll, we'll say that, and purchasing alcohol. I mean, you can get lung cancer easily or liver damage, liver cancer. Like that's for that. But sports gambling, I know you can get addicted to it, but you can also get addicted to anything in the world. Like heck, I, I was, I, I you could say that, I, that my addiction when I was a kid was playing video games. I love playing video games. Like my mom probably like, thought that I needed a controller in my hand at all times. She probably thinking like he needs to get that damn controller out of his hands at all times. No, I, I just enjoy playing video games. It's one way to uh, keep myself out of trouble as a kid, and I, I did it that way. But people are addicted to these things. Granted, people are addicted to anything. But if you do it right and proper, there's ways to get away from the, the, the smoking habits, get away from the drinking habits, get away from the gambling habits. It's all there. But I'm thinking of it as the money-making thing because people are going to sports gamble. If they're going to go to a, a, a game, a sports game, they're going to do that. So why not you just abuse the power of it, of the said sports gambling, and make as much money as possible if you're the state of Kansas. And if you're the state of Missouri, you should also be the ones thinking, maybe we should probably make some more money in this state and make the state you know, a little bit better, and we can actually have something fun for people to watch, and we can also make money doing it. Also, another thing, too, I think they should legalize cannabis. Like that's 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 just me. You can make a lot of money taxing that thing because people are going to buy it. People still buy it when they're not even supposed to. Like people are going to do that. Why don't you just legalize it? Why don't you tax the hell out of it? Make as much money as possible to help the economy of said Kansas or said Missouri. They're starting it with one thing right now: sports gambling. They also need to do it with the next one. This has been Saturdays with Saturdays with Cray right here on the Bet sixteen sixty. Thank you all for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.